Genoa. This is Yusuf. And this is... Entertainment. Yes, yes. And here we go for this week. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting down deep in the Amazon River. Uh, and we are... Reviewing the 1997. I mean, actually, it was a box office hit. Actually, um, Anaconda, 1997. Yes. So, directed by Luis um, Losa. Yeah. Okay. Losa. Uh, and it is about a National Geographic film crew is taken hostage by an insane hunter who forces them along on his quest to capture the world's largest and deadliest snake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the movie stars uh, young Jennifer Lopez. Well, which is probably her thirties around that time. Jennifer J. Lo. Yeah. yeah, maybe late twenties, early thirties. That's yeah. J-Lo. Yeah, you have Ice Cube. Actually, that's a pretty solid cast. Let me go there. All right, so. I mean, yeah. yeah, but I went to go watch it again yesterday, and, uh, like, it lists all the cat, all the stars at the beginning, you know, opening <laughs> scenes. And it was like, Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, Owen Wilson, Eric Stoltz, John Voigt. I was like, oh, and Danny Tre- Trejo. Like, this is a crazy good cast. I these people being in the movie because in my mind it's always just J-Lo right. but like it's a really good ca- mm-hmm. it's an impressive cast very impressive yeah I mean the casting and, director needs like props for that right and and like I don't know if, if folks watched it it was a Paramount I think or um, it was one of those movies that was really struck to streaming, but um, Owen Wilson and J-Lo reprised their partnership. Oh, yeah. Was it and, Marry Me? And Marry Me this year, so <laughs> uh, they're coming, coming back together for yeah. their full her- circle moment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, and also um, yeah, it was on Peacock. Yeah, it was Peacock. Yeah, Peacock. Yes, <laughs> that's so funny. Yo, that was that's their full circle moment. Huh? Yeah, oh, they were at a kind of down there. Now they married each other. Well, in movie form, <laughs> right, right. And so I, I was trying to figure this out earlier, and I just went to her page, but I couldn't. I was like, was this J Lo's first movie? And it basically was. Um, it was. I mean, her second movie, but Selena was her first big movie that came out also in 97, right before Anaconda. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she she started to do all the rom-coms, like, out of sight. Um, yeah, uh, was it made, made in Manhattan? No, out of sight wasn't really... That was him, that was her and Clooney, right? That was, like, more of like a... That's a wrong... It was a rom-com. Really? Wasn't yeah. that kind of like it was based off like the El, one of those Elmore Leonard books? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot. She was in Money Train in '95. Right. Like, Money Train, fantastic. She's just sort of a char- side character, but super important. Mm. And then she did Selena and Anaconda, and that's when 
And then she did all of her music. Like Selena allowed her to come out with all of her music stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, there was this show out, boys and girls. It was on Fox Network and it was called In Live in Color. And it was a sketch show. And one season they introduced a young Jennifer Lopez in the fold as one of the flag girl dancers. And from there, you know, she was just parlaying that, that screen time on television and getting in movies. And I mean, and she pretty much springboarded from, you know, you know, from the flag girl. She went from flag girl to DJ, though, that we know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was a fly girl and then Janet Jackson backup dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh man. See, that's and and I love I love seeing those kind of trajectories with you know actors or singer actors or actor singers or like that. It's like like they've been in the game. Like they've been you can you can see the breadcrumbs of like how they hustled from where they were to like where they are now type of thing. And yeah, she was hustling. Yes, she was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So did you do the, did you break the synopsis down on this one? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I read the IMDB description. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. yeah. So it's funny. Danny Trejo is credited in here, but we only see him for like four minutes. Which is kind of sad. Yeah, Yeah, the movie opens up with him uh, being killed by something. Actually, being chased by something and then him killing himself before that something takes him out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, no, Machete died too too early. No. Uh, He's he's so freaking young in this movie. And small. I mean, I was like, he was small back back in the day. Yeah, like he's not, he's not like the Danny Trejo we know today. I was like, oh. for a minute, I had to look at him. I'm like, is that that's him? Yeah. I was like, wow, you yeah, definitely bulked up over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. And it's funny, like, dude, he's been in a lot of stuff. If you go to his IMDb page, I mean, he started working in on film in 1983. Wow. Um, and I'm sure it was probably like background stuff. Like he plays a whore in something called the tattoo artist um, or Victor one or dead badge. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. El Tango bartender and dead badge or shotgun or prisoner. <laughs> but, dude, he's been in a lot of things. His page just keeps scrolling, scrolling and scrolling. Um, but in in Anaconda, yeah, he's just a young little tiny little thing that gets more <laughs> screen time. Yeah, well, he's like, hey, it's a paycheck. I don't care. Yeah. yeah, can we talk about? So Frank Welker plays the voice of the Anaconda. <laughs> what? Yeah. Anaconda is not talking at all. Why did they need to get an actor to play the voice? Because it's Frank freaking Welker. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 look. If someone would call is gonna call, or if let's say Frey Walker's agent, like, okay, Frey Walker want to be the voice of the snake. What are you gonna say no? 
Like you telling me Optimus Prime want to be the voice of my CG snake? Yes, please. I mean, what did he do? Just go into the I mean I honestly can't think of what sounds the snake the snake snake makes in the film. Like the screeching like Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm not doing the right way. You know, you make it a screech, the snake screech like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I said, I mean, I would have just got a generic kind of snake, you know, just loop it and maybe mess with the octaves, whatever, to make it sound like a different hiss or screech. Right. I mean, that's like if, like, for Anaconda, if you went, or not Anaconda, for Arachnophobia, you went and had a voice actor make this, the spider sounds. It just <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, that made me respect Frank Welker even more. Okay. <laughs> like, I'll be the voice of a snake. Why not? Like, I, I've been the voice of everything else. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Uh, <laughs> so, so the movie starts out after we we kill poor Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, that we then meet the the Nat Geo film crew, which consists of J Lo, um, who is like the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Stoltz is the scientist. Right. Uh, you have Jonathan Hyde plays the on screen expert uh owen wilson is the sound engineer uh carrie Weir. yeah she's like the production assistant yeah and then ice cube plays the the camera guy yeah so you got a little small ragtag bunch yeah and so they are they are actually on the amazon Looking for old, like ancient tribes or tribes right. that haven't seen human or been exposed to humanity yet, right. and as they are coming down the river, uh, like a storm hits them, and in the middle of the night they come upon John Voigt's character, who um, uh, his his boat is sort of wrecked and he's looking for help, and so. They bring him on board to get him, agree to take him to the next village and drop him off so he can get on his way. Mm-hmm. But once they start talking, he's like, oh, yes, I know where that tribe is. I can take you there. And there begins the fateful downward spiral of all of the characters. <laughs> yeah. Can we just, can I just say, I know John Voigt's character is supposed to be from like Argentina or. Peru or something, mm. but his accent was horrible. Oh, of course. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I, I thought like, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna say he's from like the Bayou, like back in America. So I'm like, <laughs> it's like he was trying to make have like a Creole accent, almost sort of. <laughs> right. It, well, it was like someone that's never heard a Creole or Creole accent trying to do it, but they think that it might be someone from Mexico. (laughs) So they were like really confused about whether they should be rolling their R's or not. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It was just, it was so bad that 
surprised they just didn't stop him, but they're probably like, John Voight's the most famous person in this film right now. He gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, he was, uh, he definitely played the character of Paul Saron, who he's pretty much this manipulative, uh, dangerous secretive man uh, that just pretty much literally throws a wrench in, <laughs> in the plans of these uh, filmmakers that just want to, you know, try to check out some, you know, long-lost editions, uh Amazonian people call what they were doing. Sh- Sherry Shamas. Yeah, the Sherry yeah. Shamas. You know? Good. Nice, nice Nice job remembering that. <laughs> okay. Every time like while I was hearing it, I was I was think of the word shawarma. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, oh yeah, sure, sure, shawarma. So, yeah. <laughs> That's how I connected those words. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, uh it, it what what I really like about this movie, it's like what, like an hour and twenty not even an hour and a half, it's about like an hour and twenty-five or something like that. Um, but it's surprisingly tight. Um, it don't drag and it really get to the, the plot points it need to get to. It don't really, to me, it don't really hang on long suspense <laughs> because, right, yeah. hey, it's yeah. all about the anaconda, like getting it. Yeah. We don't need to know a whole lot about the characters' backgrounds, uh, mm-hmm. you know. That's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is the anaconda, right? Which is interesting. And I, I, after rewatching this again, I was was saying, "Wow, like this was almost a Jaws type situation where you didn't see the anaconda to maybe about fifteen minutes or so into the movie, and we actually like see the anaconda's like head, Uh, but you were seeing the POV." Most of it before you actually seen the anaconda, so a lot of kind of Jaws like influence in this movie, except it's a snake and like the reveal of the monster, so to speak. But uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I was I was working in a movie theater when this came out uh, in '97, and I remember when it was released, and. It did. It did really well. The first weekend, it was pretty. It was pretty packed. I remember a lot of people were coming to see it, and couples. A lot of yeah, a lot of couples. A lot of couples. I remember this. A lot of couples. For opening weekend, we went in to see it, and I remember it like going into like half hour into the movie, and like you heard almost all the time, like ah. Yeah, like, 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 like everybody's like jumping in the movie theater when they saw the anaconda, or when the anaconda finally like get the victim and kind of wrap them up, and they're like, ah, ah. <laughs> I remember that vividly. That movie and, and uh, arachnophobia, those two movie experiences, I remember so well because everybody was just like screeching and jumping and like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is. I think this is one of those films that after waiting tables Sunday night because the restaurant closed at like nine on Sunday, we would all go see the ten o'clock movie, and I think this was one of those ten o'clock movies we went to go see 
um, after closing up the restaurant. And yeah, it was like an, it was an enjoyable film to see on the big, big screen. Um, and yeah, like you said, super tight. We, we automatically start killing off the, the main, like some of the side characters. So at the end of the film, you're really left with, um, the three, three stars that we really carry, care about, which are, J-Lo, Ice Cube, and John Voight. And and can we say mm. thank you to this movie for not killing off the black character in the first scene, which is normally what happens in these. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, it was very, it was very unique, right? Like not only the black dudes survive, but the Hispanic ladies survive too. It's like the minorities got out of that. Alive, with this also. I feel like in in real life is exactly what would happen. Like, let's be honest. If the white woman, the Karen, would would be sitting there complaining about something, screaming, freaking out, um, the the white dude would be like, "I can take care of this. Don't worry." And then jump in and end up being killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and. <laughs> we would be like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, y'all handle this however you want to handle this. I will not be here. I am out of here. Right. Yes. <laughs> this is beyond this is beyond and above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It is a good and also it's interesting, especially after rewatching the movie, um, like, uh, cause there's a moment in a movie where, uh, Eric Stoltz character, uh, was poison, well, a poison moth or something? Uh, like, it was a, um, a, a bee. Bee, yeah. Yeah. And so he was sad, he was sadlined, you know, most of the movie, you know, so like he couldn't, like he, he couldn't get in there. He couldn't really be the, you know, the savior, which I thought was very unique, the decision, right? It's like, okay, like the white savior is like incapacitated right now. He's like, you know, he's chilling, recuperating. So it's left to, you know. Wait, which, come on. Of course, of course the white guy's going to take a back seat and let, let the people of color take on the big, giant, ugly monster. I mean, let's keep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not heroic. They ain't heroic. They have to jump in and like I'm. I will save everyone. I'm the hero. <laughs> right. But you know, in real life, they would be sending mm-hmm. out the 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 people that they view lesser to deal with the nasties. Oh yeah. Well, that's what they that's what they did in mostly all the wars that involved minority soldiers. <laughs> so that's pretty much. Hey, you know, movies aren't that different. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like we really look at it like more of a nuance of how those movies or horror. I mean, it's not really a horror movie. It's like PG-13. It wasn't nothing scary or scary about it. Um, you know, like your victims of these movies and like survivors of, of these uh, particular films, just having uh, uh, like just noticing. A difference. <laughs> it was like, oh, I didn't know. I, 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 it's like you know who survived, but in the in the bigger context of the genre, you realize like, oh wow, this is this is different. Like, okay, <laughs> like, I, I give them props on this. This is cool. Yeah, and actually, I need to check and see if 
Because was this before or after Friday for Ice Cube? Because this came out in 97. And Friday came out in 95. Okay, so this is post-Friday. Right, so I feel like like he did Friday, maybe he did Friday after next or something, and yeah. then he did this. Mm-hmm. And like between this and Friday, um, it was sort of the beginning of his film career, which got us things like Are We yeah. There Yet? And, yeah, and uh, was it uh, what's the one we kept? Uh, ride, ride Along? Ride Along, along. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, and let's not forget uh, what was the? He's a he's a triple X too, right? He was a yes, the second one. Yes. He was a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a triple X agent. <laughs> and, and he has a cameo in the third one. Yeah, like when all the triple X's came back, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I, okay. Oddly enough, I didn't have an issue with the. Approach that that third triple X was going. Like, I was like, I I wouldn't, I I would not be against them making another one based off of like what they, the groundwork they laid in the third one. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it could be like a fast affair to set with triple X agents. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was totally on board with where, yes, agreed. Agreed. Especially you got Donnie Yen in there. Come on. Like, that man, that man needs to be in all the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, but getting back. Yeah. So yeah. So it is. Yeah. So Anaconda and this kicked off how many sequels? We were saying before. Uh, there's we there's five se- five sequels. Really? Well, there's five movies total, so four after this. Holy crap! I thought it was just. <laughs> yeah. So. So according to, to Wikipedia, we have Anaconda, the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Oh, okay. Anaconda 3, Offspring. Anaconda's Trail of Blood. And then Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Because as any good quote-unquote horror series needs is you always need to do something versus something. So we have, like, in this case, Crocodile versus an Anaconda. We have Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Alien versus Predator, which is a fantastic movie. Go watch it. <laughs> Very underrated. Thoroughly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, an- and another situation where a minority survived through all the craziness. Exactly. And got the respect from the the predator. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Most definitely. All right. Yeah. And that's crazy. Cause I ha- so I'm assuming that all of those anaconda sequels were straight to video. Um I don't know. I didn't oh. dive that much into it. But if you like I think if you uh, I think most of these are actually streaming on Netflix. Mm. Um, so inclined to go watch the five movies of them. Right. I, I mean, only sequel I'm curious about within this whole thing is uh, the Lake Placid versus Anaconda. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, Kong versus Godzilla. Like, okay, is this going to be one of those throwdowns? Yeah, so right off the bat, based on the description, um, one, crocodiles are... Okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> Lake Placid apparently is in Maine, which is going to be too cold for crocodiles or anacondas. They should have put this in the Florida Everglades, where there are actual photos of crocodiles and anacondas attacking each other. I think there's a famous photo of like an anaconda tried to eat a crocodile and it couldn't digest it and it exploded. Wow. Uh, so there's like few like actual photos of those things happening. Like move it to a place where it would actually happen. But again, I'm trying to put science in my fantasy films. <laughs> yeah, well, that's your problem right there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you think that the crocodile, like the lake, the lake placid. Car crocodile and the anaconda. You think they got to meet on like more neutral grounds? So, according to the description, it is um, main character Reba teams up with Tully to find his daughter Bethany and a group of sorority girls in a deadly match between two creatures. Um, yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> two creatures are going at e- at each other. And we need to save the sorority girls, of course. Yeah, you know, hey, they they got to get through college. Um, (laughs) It it, it Uh, premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel on April twenty fifth, twenty fifteen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, Uh, another fun fact. Uh, So, so the movie had like a forty foot animatronic model, right? Of the it was of the Queen Anaconda movie. So it's actually that model is in the San Francisco it's in San Francisco at the California Academy of Sciences. So if anyone wanna check out the actual model of the original nineteen ninety seven Queen Anaconda, and if you have to be in San Francisco, that is where you would go to check it out. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, right on. All right, so what is our uh, ratings? Yeah. So sit on the sofa and grab your popcorn and just watch it. Have it on in the background as you're doing other things, or leave it, go outside, and do things in the real world. <laughs> oh, yeah, just sit down. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, of course, like the CG of the snake is a little dated, yada yada. But to me, I think it's a good exercise in, uh, you know, in filmmaking to the, you know, in the sense of, you know, setting up characters, you know, setting up, you know, moments and really giving the, the, the audience what they want, which is the you know freaking anaconda and have them do the anaconda eat people and swallow them, regurgitate, all that stuff. Like, that's what we like. That's what the audience want and this movie delivered. And yeah, and, and, and the cast, okay, 
And Optimus Prime as the voice of the Anaconda, of course. Uh, you, you, that's automatic sit down right there. Yeah, I think it, it's half on in the background for me. Um, because I've seen it enough that I know what's going to happen. So if I'm in and out of the room, uh, I'm not going to miss anything, but I don't know. I think I'd go watch Lake Placid, um, the original, before I'd, I'd, I'd sit down and watch that, before I'd sit down and watch this. Mostly because Lake Placid has Betty White. And that's all I'm about to say. That's the only reason. If Be- okay, let me ask you. So if Betty White wasn't in Lake Placid, would you, would you like, go to it? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because there's some, it, like... Bridget Fonda, uh, Oliver Platt, Bill, like Bill Pullman alone in it is pretty <laughs> fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is all I guess. That was all I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who, who plays the sheriff in it? Is it Tim Dixon? Uh, but yeah, I just. That's good. I, I feel like the writing in Lake Placid. It didn't take itself so seriously where I feel like in Anaconda they were trying to take themselves seriously and then John Voight with his stupid accent was just I I need to have it on in the background not just sit here and drink whiskey and eat popcorn and enjoy it. (laughs) Cool. Alright. Well, I guess that's kind of a setup to all right, you're rather wisely fancy. So should we review like Flaxen versus Anaconda? Uh, no. No? Alright. No. Gotcha. We should we should <laughs> we should save our minds from watching that movie. Alright. <laughs> I stand corrected. Right. Have, have we reviewed Lake Placid? We we've, been, we've been talking about it for a while. All right, we got to go into the archives, and if we haven't, we definitely have to get into that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there you have it. And God, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen this, 97. Um, yeah, yeah, it's worth, it's worth looking at least a once over if you haven't seen it. Uh, and it's on Netflix. At least I watched it on Netflix. Did you? Yeah, I watched it on Netflix also. Okay. On Netflix, uh, check it out. And uh, so until next week, wish everyone safe physical distancing. Yeah. Uh, stay safe out there, guys. Yes. Peace.